Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 326, Metering. Indie Music Podcast now has a Patreon at patreon.com slash indie underscore musiccast, and we invite you to become a member for exclusive benefits. For next to nothing per month, you can get members-only podcast video, early access to upcoming episodes, merch, and more. This morning, Matt and I get together for coffee and talk about various types of audio metering and how we use them in our workflows. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning. Hey, this is the first time I've seen you this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's it's way back now. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Oh. What the? Did you change something? I, I touched nothing. <laughs> I touched nothing. I didn't pull a dug and change some routing. I didn't do anything. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> uh, I'll leave it up to you. You want to go for it or, or work on it some more and we can. Oh, um, let's go for it. I'll watch a video or something. I, the weird thing is that it sounds perfect to me. It, it never changed on my end. Well, you know what's better than, than talking to, to Matt? On Saturday mornings, it's it's talking to two mats on Saturday mornings. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> hey everybody! So we're um yeah I switched out I I upgraded my interface. I now I have have an Audient um ID four Mark two and um I love it. It's just more complicated than I thought it was going to be. It looks so sleek and simple, uh, but it has a software component and does all this routing and talk back and and cue mixing and all this other stuff and uh just kind of working out why it sounds apparently it sounds doubled on zoom or something i don't know i don't know it's it's been cost for me to finish my coffee before. <laughs> i know i'm almost done with my tea too but thankfully well, you can't hear my neighbor's lawnmower because he decided early in the morning he's like oh i'm gonna fire up my lawnmower 8 30 in the morning on saturday wake everybody up <laughs> Yeah, I'm not hearing it. So no, it's hopefully. good. I'm glad. I get I get I get cranky when people <laughs> fire up their lawn equipment first thing in the morning on the weekend. It's like, come on, man! <laughs> Long rough week. Can you just not? No, our city ordinances. Uh, you can do anything you want after seven thirty, which is, I think, a little. Oh, I think it's seven early. Yeah. So we get the leaf blowers and the lawn mowers and the the worst. Are, you know what the worst is? The worst is the 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 double combo of chainsaw and um, um, branch grinders, you know those the ones oh. <laughs> the trailers where they throw the big branches in and <laughs> all day long, like oh my, <laughs> that's the downside of living in the suburb. A lot of upsides. That's the downside. That uh, that usually uh, happens more often, like. Uh, immediately following large storms uh, mm, yeah. around here. You don't really, you don't really get a lot of large storms. We just get a lot of, you know, homeowners who decide that they want their trees trimmed <laughs> for whatever reason. You know what? I think I'm going to pay somebody to trim all my trees today. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's trying to record something. I heard I'm going <laughs> to make as much noise as possible. <laughs> oh, anyway, how are you, Doug? Oh, I'm doing good. Thank you. I, uh, yeah, couldn't be better. <laughs> <laughs> a little better. 
congratulations on uh, your um, your award that you got oh, thank you. for mastering um, our friend Allison's single that she won an award for. Yeah, yeah, and she won uh, best cover for her song "All Along the Watchtower." Slash, it was a mashup with mm-hmm. um, "Carry On My Wayward Son" uh, cover that she did in her unique style. And uh, it won best cover in the New Mexico Music Awards. Yeah, and it's a, yeah, it's a great cool. song. Go find that and check it out wherever you can. Yeah, it's on uh, uh, AllisonReynoldsMusic.com. And she has her entire catalog there. But yeah, that's uh, kind of neat, you know? <laughs> yeah, very cool. Very cool. Something doesn't happen every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And if it it's did, kinda, it wouldn't it's be It's kind of fun because... Um, the work that I do is always sort of in the background and, right. uh, you know, there's those memes about, you know, the, uh, the artists and the producer, you know, and they're up front and there's the little guy shadowing down the back and that mix, <laughs> mix engineer. You know? Right. Right. But anyway, yeah. So it's nice, um, to be able to participate in something that gets recognition like that. That's cool. Yeah. Totally cool. <laughs> Unlike this podcast, which will never get recognized for anything. <laughs> It's not winning any awards. No. <laughs> it's no, okay. Not. It's still fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, award for best. What do you think? I, I, I hesitate to speculate. <laughs> best banter in a podcast. Best banter in a podcast. You got it. <laughs> wow. If there was an award, I think we would get that. <laughs> like Podcast is 90% banter and yeah. 10% actual information. <laughs> best ability to go down rabbit holes. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm liking my setup. I had, I had to reconfigure everything. It looked I good. To, I saw I had your to, picture. I had to switch my, I switched my fan and my lava lamp and my other I speaker. I like your little mix cube. That cube has been sitting on my desk for two years and I've not used it. And now I can just hit alt speaker and listen to it. It's yeah. a, it's a garbage sounding speaker, but that's the point. <laughs> It's a, it's a Behringer copy of an Oratone and they don't make Oratones anymore. It's called a Baritone. And, um, I thought, I thought Oratone was still around. Maybe they got resurrected. They went out of, they stopped making those things for a while. But I get them confused with Aventone. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get them confused as well. Anyway, it's like a single mono, gosh, I want to say four inch speaker, five inch speaker. And, um, it's, it's meant to be that kind of. If it sounds good on this, it should sound good anywhere kind of speaker. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Do you, th- do you think, uh, what, what does that speaker represent? Uh, a, a lo-fi, uh, user device speaker or something like that? I think so. I think so. Um, it's, it's, I actually, um, when I, because I knew I couldn't use it all the time, I took, I took the, the spec sheet for it and I made an EQ curve preset based on the eq curve that was in the spec sheet and i use that on my master bus and i pop it on and off to listen to and what it does is it rolls off the lows and it rolls off the highs and basically gives you just the mids so mm-hmm. it's whatever like any generic small non-hi-fi speaker is going to give you and i think the idea is that the bulk of your song is represented in the mids anyway but you want to make sure that in those mids, you can hear all of the important parts of the song and the song comes through. 
And so I think that's what it really represents. It's, 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 it's more or less a bell curve. Um, it doesn't sound good, yeah. <laughs> but it's not I supposed to. I, ha I haven't really felt the need, but I, I have had, uh, I continually think that maybe I, uh, the studio would benefit from a pair of the Aventone mixed cubes, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. just as a, as a lo-fi reference to switch to. Um, and it's, it's a little out of scope for mastering. Right. Uh, uh, cause I think those are a lot more beneficial during mixing. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know what I don't know if it would help be helpful during mastering because you've already got the full song fully baked basically. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in the mixing stage when you're like, okay, when you hear this on a small generic cruddy speaker, can I even hear that there's a bass? Yeah. And see, the way that I do this now is uh, and using my mains is that I actually am able to um set up a filter for mm -hmm. a frequency range and just hear that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I kind of do this already uh, by I, uh, by bandwidth isolation. Okay. Um, you know, and I can just like uh, grab a range that I'm interested in, you know, and then either expand or contract that range or move the range, mm -hmm. um, you know, up and down the uh, uh, the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and just hear that area, which is basically the same thing that you'd be doing with uh, adding. A set of mix cubes or something like that you know if i wanted mm. to just hear the mids you know and i could set that up to um to, to roll off you know uh highs and lows at a certain frequency range right and and kind of get the same thing you know so do you use metric ab for that because metric ab does that right yeah yeah i do yep. okay yeah that's such a great plugin yep i really need to use it more in my workflow it does so many things but yeah that's a, that's a good one like hey in this frequency band how does it, well, what I use it for is, um, because it's, it's an AB tool, right? You take your, you take out your mastered, um, your, you, you know, your commercial fully mastered reference mix and you're like, okay, in this bandwidth range, in this frequency range, can I hear the bass as well as I can in the fully mastered commercial reference mix? That's what I use it for. Yeah. Yeah. So I use it for AB. Obviously, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean that's a, it's main thing. Um, I I use the um, the sort of I guess it's sort of a spectrum analysis mm -hmm. um, to uh, compare because you it, it allows you to see your changes against the original right um, uh, in real time, and I can I can get an idea of what actually have I done. Um, you know, so my ears and, and what I think I've done, is that actually what I've done? And, uh, and, and have a look at it and just kind of a sanity check kind of thing. I don't use the, um, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, I don't use like the loudness tools there. Oh, uh, right. And, uh, but yeah, so I use the spectrum. Oh, I'm seeing my voice. Look at that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, because I have this on my, uh, uh, I have a, 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 mon a master monitor FX. Yeah. So I, I can throw um, uh, plugins on my master bus. Uh, you have a, a workaround for this too. Um, right. That, that allows me to um, uh, keep them off of the channel. And it's not actually even on the master bus. It's after the master bus. Um, and uh, it's on the monitoring channel. Um, right. And so this is where I put all my metering, which I guess that's kind of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, well, and, I told you how I, oh yeah, sorry, you go ahead. 
yeah, and so spectrum, um, th- there's a, a, a correlation, um, and that kind of uh, lets me see like uh, like face correlation of the uh, of the signal. Right, I like that. And yeah, and the and the thing about phase, so you got to take phase with a grain of salt because you got to understand that sometimes mix engineers throw things out of phase on purpose because it sounds better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it might be that they really like the sound of that tom that's out of phase. You know, because it's it's giving something you know to that drum kit. So just because something's out of phase doesn't mean it's bad. I want to say that, um, you know, cause we often say, man, you know, um, uh, phase cancellation, you know, y- y- you want to avoid that and fix it at all costs. Not necessarily the case. Um, a-, a lot of times mix engineers use this as a tool and will actually, um, you know, toggle phase, uh, purposefully to see which side they like better. True. And, uh, True. you know, so, um, so you got to understand that. But the correlation is cool because, and, and, and to understand the correlation that anything above zero is in phase and anything below zero on a correlation meter is out of phase. Okay? Yeah. And, and they always make the out of phase red and stuff like that. And again, <laughs> it's not always bad. It's, but I guess, you know, alert you that, uh, um, you know, this, this, these set of frequencies are out of phase in some way for some reason, but it's always good to look at. Phase, uh, I should say that I always start my, my mastering session, but with, uh, um, with phase rotation. Um, and I don't do this to actually correct phase. It doesn't do anything really to the audio signal. It's nothing audible that it does the audio, but rotating the phase ensures that you have the maximum headroom available in the track that you can possibly have. Because if you have um, your waveform uh, significantly out of phase, out of balance on uh, on the zero line, um, then you're going to lose headroom uh, based on you know how much out of phase that is. So in some cases, it might be like, like 85% out of phase. So like the whole signal, rather than being centered on the zero line, um, is shifted upward, and that mm-hmm. uh, destroys your ability to uh, or, or minimizes your ability to uh, have headroom in that area because you're already peaking. And so when you rotate phase, you basically just take the whole thing and you move it down and, and get it centered, uh, you know, so that the amplitude is even up and down on that, uh, you know, on that AC signal. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. And so then you have that much more headroom. If you have something, you know, uh, 80% out of uh, uh, phase rotated and you shift it down, you haven't changed anything about it at all other than how the waveform is aligned, um, you know, on the, uh, uh, on the zero uh, Hertz or volts or whatever. Okay. Um, so how's that different than just turning it down a little bit? Oh, you're actually shifting the, you're not turning it down. The amplitude stays the same. Hmm. You're actually taking the waveform and you're, you're, you're offsetting it to, uh, uh, better match, uh, uh, the positive and negative, uh, being equal on the zero line. And what tool do you use for that? RX. Oh, okay. And there's a tool I need to dive into more. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a stereo image on AB that I think is neat. <laughs> um, uh, but I actually, uh, don't really use that too much, uh, because, uh, I use insight too. And, okay. uh, that's where I take a look at, at things like, uh, uh, spectrum correlation, stereo image. The, uh, the dynamics in AB is really trying to give you a comparison and some idea of how your track uh, competes in the marketplace for loudness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care. 
uh, um, about that really, you know, cause I, I just simply work the music to the, the maximum level that I can get without, uh, crushing it in most cases. And so whatever, you know, that may be a, a track ends up being at 14 and a track may end up being at nine, It you know, and I've, I've had other tracks, you know, that uh, to serve that music I've had down in like, uh, you know, about 2.9 is the loudest master I've ever had. <laughs> That's know. really loud. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and, like and, to go past yeah, minus six. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is, I, I was able to um, achieve the, the headroom all the way yeah. through. Um you know, I've got about 24 dB a headroom um, going outboard. And, uh, you know, so just managing that and then managing the di- digital clipping, you know, and that one's certified for Apple Digital Masters with no clipping. So, so in some cases, the music, you can do it. You know, it just, it really depends on the track and how you set things up. Sure. The phase core, the, the, the phase rotation helps a lot with that because uh, right off the bat, you're giving yourself a few dB of, uh, of headroom um, uh, just by uh, just by, you know, rotating the phase. Yeah. So I like what you were saying about having all of your metering after the master. Um, the way I have learned to do it and the way I set up all of my mixes is I, is I send all of my tracks to what I'm call a fake two bus, which is a, which is a, just a, an aux bus before the master bus. And I have all of my effects on that bus and on my master bus proper, I only have metering. So I have, you know, uh, you lean loudness meter. I have a multimeter. I have um, an EQ, which has the uh, I, my preset called Bad Speaker, which we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, I have Span on there, which I use less and less now that I use you lean loudness meter more. I was going to add Metric AB, but apparently I can't add any plugins while I'm recording. So I, I was um, going to pop that open and look at it while we were talking, <laughs> but uh, you can't do that. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been not, a, in not in my dog. Not when I can, not while I'm recording. And I don't want to stop recording for that. Oh. I guess I can do that. I haven't uh, done that on the track, although I don't know if I can. Um, but yeah, on the uh, monitoring effects bus, um, then I, I can I can do whatever I want on there mm. while it's recording. That makes sense. But so over an insight though, so this is where I, I probably use insight a lot more. So and generally I use insight um, uh, uh, kind of in my the meat of my mastering process. And then at the end of my mastering process, um, and then I use uh, metric AB kind of in the middle mm-hmm. uh, of it because uh, I go through. I, I don't even look at AB to initially, and I don't even uh, other than listening to the original track, uh, whatever number of times. I don't do any comparison to the original track uh, to uh, my work until I've gone through my initial set of passes to where because. I want to hear my, I want to go with my ear to begin with and then uh, see then how that compares to the original. Once I get through that, that's what I like to do. That's not a law or anything. You can do it however <laughs> you want. You know, I, 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 uh, that's how I like to do it because I feel I get myself, I get a good separation from me and the original to create what I think sounds good, right. you know, and then I compare it to the original and see how I did and, and um, um, and then uh, make some tweaks from there based on what I'm hearing. Because sometimes what I thought, you know, honestly, I mean, sometimes and it's and it's usually like the snare drum. It uh, um, I, I find after doing the AB comparison that I I want to make some changes to the work that I did. So hmm. and and when I do that, I usually go through my process and do everything, and then I walk away for a while. Right. And then I come back and I do my AB sweeps and. Um, 
you know, with, you know, just 15, 20 minutes and uh, take a break and come back with kind of fresh ears and then do the AB sweeps and see what I think, you know, and then work from there. Yeah, I inevitably, I always, I like to work myself to a stopping point and then usually like come back the following day and get with fresh ears, fresh brain, fresh outlook and, and, and get a full fresh take on what I did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So initially, though, with uh, with Insight, uh, uh, I am setting my level. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know yet what the loudness of the track is going to be, mm. but, I, but I go ahead and um, set it at its loudest level without clipping at that point, because that's kind of where I'm going to end up with, but, right. um, uh, but there's going to be changes. And so I've got to like make gain staging adjustments along the way, you know, so I might end up... Uh, I might end up having to reduce the overall level of the track itself if it's too hot and, uh, and then bump it up uh, with a limiter on the end to begin with. So the, mm. the limiter is the only thing that I actually have running um, when I start. And so I'll be monitoring the loudness meter there to get like an approximation of where I think this will be. And, um, and, then I, and then I basically work on that. And the loudest, loudness meter, I'm really paying attention to uh, integrated loudness and true peak. Um, right. or what I'm interested in. Same. Um, and, uh, uh, the other stuff is okay. Like momentary and short term, it's just kind of a, um, it depends. Uh, those are important for like, uh, program material for broadcast or something like that. But generally in, uh, music, the, um, uh, the true peak is going to tell you, um, it, you know, if you're having, uh, like intersample clipping or something like that, right. that you want to keep an eye on. And then the integrated loudness. And that's, that's where I'm, kind of shooting for, for the, uh, for the track itself and, you know, not to be confused with shooting for the streaming media platform. I'm I don't even care about that anymore. No, that doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Integrated yeah. loudness is where I'm always looking in my Uline meter yeah. and I do keep an eye on the, uh, the true peak, but that gets, I always have a, a clipper at the end to kind of bump things down and then I check it afterwards, but it's the integrated loudness, the luffs right there, which I yeah. think it looks like it's a different color. <laughs> to make it stand out on this meter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the integrated, I can, I can set up different colors and stuff like that and create uh custom uh, thresholds that go red if you hit them and things mm-hmm. like that. So, if, uh, you know, if I am uh, targeting yeah. a certain loudness, um, it will notify me if I'm at or above that loudness level. Um, next is like the spectrum uh, meter. And I generally... Uh, just keep an eye on it, but um, I focus in on that when I feel like there's an offending signal somewhere to help me try to find at least the range of what I'm hearing is, mm-hmm. um, so, so that I can then kind of experiment uh, around that range and EQ on something that might be harshness or some you know along that lines. And and so I'll use the spectrum meter to help me with that. And I use the spectrum meter over in uh, probably metric AB a little bit more than I do in uh, Insight. Because the spectrometer and insight gives me both my changes and the original at the same time, okay. and I can and I can compare. Because if I didn't hear something in the original that I think I created it, you know, or something like that, then I can kind oh, of get a, yeah, get a yeah. visual of that uh, difference and where are the main differences in, in the work that I've done. Um, and I can also see like uh, right off the bat, like if something's way too heavy on the bottom end in, in subsonic frequencies that, uh, uh, you know, I want to double check in that area. And so that helps me out a lot for that, that, that subsonic energy also in a spectrogram. Mm-hmm. Um, I do use the spectrogram kind of just to get an overall 
uh, view of of the energy of the of the music, and it, and it has a history, so I can kind of see the dynamics of it as well. Um, but it really tells me a lot about the low end. That's usually where, even here in me talking and watching this, the um, the low end energy is is always where the majority is. And I, you know, sure. it's not that I have a deep voice; it's just that those are the frequencies that take the most energy to reproduce. And so I like to keep an eye on that and just see how. Um, those are actually laying out to, um, uh, you know, to the entire track. And uh, if I see any, like, uh, anything that, that comes up as a real weird kind of peak or valley that wouldn't be, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be expected. It's not like a dynamic element that you expected to have there, what happened. Oh, right. Like it was in the mix somewhere and maybe they didn't hear it, uh, but it's affecting the, um, but it's affecting the limiter or. Yeah. The and the, the cool thing on my spectrogram is that I can rotate it and look at it from different angles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, and then, so if you have something, um, you, you can actually turn it on its side and around and so forth and look and look at the peaks and valleys in, uh, from different perspectives and actually uh, dial in to, uh, you know, I'm to 300 Hertz, you know, is, yeah. is where I saw this and, and to get an idea where that happens in the song and really isolate something. So I do like that for there. Wouldn't it be cool to have that as a hologram to just be able to see it in three? Uh, yeah, and rotate yeah, it? it's it's pretty close. <laughs> um, general levels, uh, you know, is uh, just like you have on your master bus, yep. you know, and um, and then uh, sound field stuff, and uh, so like uh, polar samples uh, and uh, polar levels uh, give you a nice visualization of what your sound field and your stereo image looks like. Oh, right, right. Like what is that? And like, uh, goniometer. If I What's say this called? right, you know, uh, Lysesius, I think, oh. is, the, um, <laughs> is the meter that I use. And um, and that gives you, a, a like right now, my sound field in mono is right up the middle. I mean, it is, you can look at it and go, that's mono, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. And uh, and it's right on zero. There's no positive or negative uh, phase at all, you know. So it's one mic, you know, you're not going to have, it's always going to be zero in mono, you know. So, um but when you get into a stereo channel, then uh, I like this uh, Lysigeous, uh meter, sound field meter, because it gives me a visual of the actual sound field and what the stereo image looks like, how much inner... Did you hear that? Oh, I did. Oh, see, that's what I was talking about earlier. I was, try- I was trying to click on something to see if you- how do you pronounce that word? L-I-S-S-A-J-O-U-S. Yeah, I think it's Lysigeous. I, I thought I always thought it was a French word. Lisa Zhu, but I Lisa don't Zhu. really know. I've never uh, heard anybody say it out loud. Man, I'm going to say that to my wife. I bet. But I got to um, tell you, you shouldn't <laughs> be able to hear when I play something on YouTube yeah. through Zoom. That I want to say thanks for playing YouTube while I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to look up how to say that. That's all. <laughs> so anyway, to wrap that, you know, so those <laughs> the, those the polar sample and, and polar levels and and uh, Lisa Zhu. Uh, allow you to, uh, to to really visualize your uh, your stereo image and then to keep an eye on your face and and that's why I like the Lisa Zhu um, uh, meter <laughs> because it 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 gives me a good indication of of if phase is is uh, positive or negative and uh, you know an antiphase uh, uh, then if there's something there that might need to be corrected or or discussed or or it sounds yeah. good even though there's antiphase there no biggie so. But that's kind of my take on meters. Yeah, I have I have that built into. I want to say I have that built into ozone, the ability to look at that that phase correlation as well. And if you put something in mono, it's basically like a straight line instead of a 
You know? I think you have it in what's the what's the meter that you use? I forget. I used to use it. Um, not you, Lean. What? Not you, Lean. Yeah. You don't use that anymore. I don't use it anymore. <gasps> but I well, I use what? Insight. Oh, okay. But uh, I had Insight uh, for a while. I liked it, but I decided I didn't want to pay for it. Yeah. Well, Yulin is um Yulin. I always called it Yulin. Um, Yulin. You know, and uh, <laughs> I thought so too. Now I'm starting to wonder. Now I'm questioning how to pronounce everything. Also. <laughs> So, but, uh, um, I, I, th- I thought, I thought that it had, uh, sound field meters in it. It might. I just realized that it has all these little buttons you can click to show different, to turn on and off different things that I didn't really know about. One of them is a dialogue detector. It'll put a purple bar if it, if you, if it detects somebody talking, which yeah. I didn't know it did that. I don't know why I would want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I've got dialogue and, uh, it's got an intelligible, intelligible. Oh God intelligibility uh, oh. uh meter so for spoken word um so for me it would be going off i was gonna say for me it's always blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> a lot of mush mouth and mumbling but for vo work that might be uh, uh something that's useful but uh, yeah for sure that's actually disabled in my view so yeah meters are fun um, now what's the um i have another one that i haven't used in a long time that i really like and there's a free version of it and it's really a beautiful metering setup. Um, well, there's a free version of Yulian or Yulian. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Are you thinking of Blue Cat? You're not thinking of Blue Cat. No, not Blue Cat. It's it's actually quite an expensive metering setup if you buy the pro version. It's like in the three hundred dollar range, I think. Oh, ouch. Uh, um, but the the free version is really nice and gives you some some decent uh, free tools to work with. Waves has a nice one now that's basically meant for broadcast. I mean, it has like just a ton of things to look at. And I haven't bought it because I use this one and it does most of what I want to do anyway. Um, oh. Although I did buy the pro version of Yulene. It's yeah, I actually it. have it on here. Uh, um, and I haven't used it in a while, but I do have it on my uh, monitor effects bus. And it's uh, the Flux. Um, oh. So, I, uh, uh, so it's a standalone application and then it has a... Um, a stereo tool uh, plugin that allows you to link your DAW to the running application. Mm. And uh, which is one of the reasons I don't use it because it's a pain in the butt sometimes to actually <laughs> get that to connect, you know, because it doesn't actually run as a plugin in your DAW. It has a plugin connector that connects oh. it, if you, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But when it does work, it's really nice. Um, mm. And I think, you know, I originally got that as part of uh, a focus right thing way back. Um, oh okay yeah and yeah, yeah. and i've always flux enjoyed analyzer. It. that was actually um that was i had that metering before uh uh yulene and i'm okay. not I, i'm not gonna give in i'm not going yulene no <laughs> um and um i don't think it's yulene but i don't know i don't know i think it's you know it's you and it's lean you know and, uh, <laughs> i think so too um <laughs> oh, it's the waves wm wlm that i was thinking of i think it's waves loudness meter but it has more than loudness it's got all kinds of stuff i just think it's i just think that all that stuff is already in yulian yulian yeah. now i can't say it <laughs> <laughs> oh that's annoying i have so many meters so that's all i use though so i mean so i just rattled off a whole bunch of stuff um mm-hmm. but that's basically two plugins um, that I use for metering. And I also, I have metering. Um, I have VU metering. So I, those are my digital meters that I just talked about. 
And then I I have analog metering as well. So uh, there's uh, VU meters behind me. I talked about those before, but I use those to take a look at what's going on. These are Mm -hmm. cool because they represent kind of more what you hear versus digital metering does. And um, uh, because of the the response time is, you know, 3000 milliseconds, you know, for uh, for a needle to to Mm -hmm. hit versus instantaneously in a digital meter, you know. So, uh, you know, because of that, it, uh, it, it does represent more what, how we hear things. Um, yeah, I, I use yeah. a digital, I use digital VU meters and that's how I do all of my initial gain staging. I have a, a digital VU meter trim plugin at the top of every single one of my tracks. And before I even listen to anything, I gain stage them up using the, the digital VU meter. I just, you know, I just, it just. Yeah, and I don't I like, like the look thinking of them too. It's, pl- to, it's, yeah. it's aesthetically pleasing to me. It's aesthetically you know? pleasing. I'm an analog kind of guy in a digital world. Yes, but I just like I do like that it more represents how we hear things, and it's not. It doesn't give you the uh, this kind of idea that you have to be all about the numbers. Yeah, which in the digital world you can always be like, oh, it has to hit this number and it has to hit this number. Well, it's more like you know, I just try to hit it between the threes. Is it touching zero? Bounce, bounce, bounce. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's just when, a when you said feel. you were an analog guy in a digital world, I, I had uh, um, Material Girl song. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> living in a digital world. And I no, wait a minute, I'm not going to finish that one. <laughs> I've I've also on on my uh, Hilo. I've I use um, the uh, the monitor out view meters on those, which are an analog representation. So they actually have a uh, um, kind of like an, uh, an offset built into them so that they represent. I can actually use these and match up and and uh, calibrate my analog view meters with mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because these have the uh, the same delays built into them on okay. that. So, so it's cool because they, they kind of represent that. And, uh, and then I also have um, metering um, which is connected to my Hilo for the individual channels, which actually is more of a spectrum type of meter that I run on my iPad during my sessions. So okay. I can, I can actually see my uh, spectrum meter uh, of what's going on through the ADDA um, uh, on the iPad. So that's kind of, oh, yeah. I noticed you don't have your big TV monitor up right now. No, it's off. I'm uh, no reason for it to be on <laughs> other than promotion. <laughs> if I had right. <laughs> You should do that. Just put your put your logo up there. When, yeah, just, it normally just, is because that's my <laughs> wallpaper. So uh, okay. Well, I think we're about out of time. We are about out of time. I hope you uh, you all enjoyed our discourse <laughs> on metering and <laughs> and uh, you know certainly uh, leave any questions or comments and stuff about this because uh, we do love to talk about it. Can't you tell? Yes, indeed. <laughs> we could talk about it all day, <laughs> but let's not. <laughs> All right, Doug, thank you. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, too. Um, and have a great day. And Thanks, you, I too. I hope a lawnmower man settles down. <laughs> I hope he wraps up soon. I didn't really catch it in my uh, monitoring. Of, uh, That's good. I can hear so it I don't, now. I don't know that it's there. So might be in good. your audio, though. Well, it's in my – I mean, I can hear it, but I think that my, my mic is so directional and my signal-to-noise ratio is pretty good. So should be able to sample that and remove it from your audio. I could do that. Yep. (laughs) All right, everybody. Peace. All right. Thanks. Cheers. 
Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating. <laughs>